and gentlemen, welcome back into the One Health Podcast. I'm your host, Tori Schmelzer. I'm a fitness entrepreneur slash fitness enthusiast. Uh, my goal is to share the knowledge I gather through meeting industry experts with as many people as I can. Uh, for those of you who are new to the show, each week we're going to bring on experts in different categories. So that could be mental health, physical health, professional health, spiritual health. They're all connected. That's why we got the name One Health. Um, we don't claim to be experts in any of these subjects. We just know people who are, and we interview them for the greater good. Uh, I want to give a special thanks again to everyone for the likes, the shares on our social media. Uh, that really does help us get our mission out there, our word out there. Uh, do us a favor. Go on that podcast app on your phone. Subscribe so you guys can stay up to date on all the latest news, all the latest episodes, all that good stuff. And remember, all of our videos and episodes are on our website at onehealthpodcast.com. Um, I want to give a thank you as well to our sponsors, EcoGym and Motivate New. Make sure you go to shop.teammotive, the number eight, the letter N, and the letter U.com and sign up for your free food plan today. All listeners are going to receive that special offer, so act now before they are all gone. Um, EcoGym 2. We want to give a special thanks to them. Uh, they were crucial in launching our podcast here and been really supportive of getting the word out as well. Uh, just mention you're a One Health subscriber. You're going to get uh, six weeks for $6 on a membership. So go check them out. Uh, today on the show, I have a very special guest, uh, the one and only Tamala Todd. Tamala, thank you for joining us. Yes. Hi. Thank you for having me. Of course. Um, so to give you guys a little bit of background, um, Tamala has 20 years of experience in the healthcare field. It's helped deepen her insight into the effects of physical, emotional, and mental trauma. Uh, she models what it means when you refuse to live behind the scenes by living a life free from secrets. Uh, she's also the author of the new book, Emotions of the Mind, Breaking the Cycle, which is due out this fall during Mental Health Awareness Week. Um, so Tamala, give us a little background. How did this all start? How did you get into this industry? Kind of take us back. What influenced you to kind of go down this path? Uh, with healthcare wise, I think I was just really placed into that. Uh, that was my first job. I worked uh, as an intern at the Michigan Cancer Foundation, um, not knowing that's the field that I would generally like, but that's where I've been now for over 20 years. But um, my experience with the health, the mental health part is my father was clinically diagnosed with skin, paranoid schizophrenia when I was a child, which I didn't know the details behind it until I became an adult. Um, then I tell people at the time, you mimic what you see into your into your adulthood. So my first marriage, I got married early, uh, I was like 22, 23 years old. And throughout my marriage, I noticed that I was doing a lot of having a lot of things going on in my household, like my parents did, uh, with the arguing, um, the constant um, bickering, the, the it wasn't balanced, the household was a complete dysfunction. My husband and I slept in separate rooms. So I know a lot of that came from my childhood, seeing my parents argue, but I had no idea that I was doing the same patterns, like I said, until I got older. Gotcha. Excellent. So you kind of took all those experiences and you wanted to get the word out. And that's kind of what started the whole idea behind the book, right? 
Right. And right. And also to bring bring awareness um, to the impact of mental health and emotional um, abuse. Yeah. Everybody's eyes because it's being talked about a lot. I also want to help each other um, identify with um, how to overcome those issues. There is help out there. You need to talk about it. Gotcha. Yeah, I think there is definitely a stigma out there um, in in just the general public that it's not okay to talk about these things, but it is. And I think, you know, one of our missions on the podcast is to get this mental health awareness thing out. I've been in the fitness industry for so many years and all we talk about is your physical health. But but your mind, as you know, really kind of controls your physical health and kind of spills over into that. Yes, that's right. Um, what you think and how you feel every day has a lot to do with how you respond to things. Um, say, for instance, if you're from the feeling crabby, most of the time your day is going to be crabby. But if you, like myself, I, I do affirmations and I believe in affirmations. What you put out is what you get in. I love that. I love that. So what are some things that you do during the day? Um, some good habits to help you deal with some of the stress and anxiety that just goes on in everyday life? Uh, One is prayer for myself. Prayer. um, I do my daily affirmations. Um, I encourage my children to do daily affirmations. I have a 13 year old. She has her affirmations on her in her mirror in her room um, on her dresser. She sees me say my daily affirmations. I shut down all social media after a certain time through, through the day. Um, because I make sure it's family time. Um, I'm very good at organizing. So dinner has to be made. We sit and eat together. There's no electronics. We're going to talk. Those things are important to me. Um, those things is what I consider good mental health. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, I know we had, um, what do we have on? We had somebody on a few weeks ago that talked about when they go out to dinner with their wife, they mm-hmm. literally leave their cell phones in the glove box Mm-hmm. And I've already heard some people that heard that episode and they're like, that is the best idea. So that's awesome that you guys do that. Yeah. And in my and throughout the year, we also take a family trip. It's important for us to take a family trip. I don't care if it's somewhere small or somewhere big. But then with my marriage, I also take a trip with just me and my husband without the children because um, my husband works on the road. So we need to do that to make sure that we're connected. So those are the things that I do um, from January to December for good mental health. I love that. And especially the positive affirmations thing. One common theme that I'm hearing on this show, having people on, is they wake up and they start their day with a, from a place of gratitude. Yes. I think that really puts a lot of perspective on your day when you can get up and you can say, okay, here's the very simple things that I am <laughs> thankful for. Right. Uh, because I mean, you know, we're spoiled as a society in America. Mm-hmm. We yes. have, we have it good. So I think if you do that during the day, all these little bad things that happen, it really kind of puts that in perspective. Right. Because you have day to day things that will cause your day to divert a different way. Um, your schedule, someone may get sick and your kids, you have to pick them up from school. Things like that happen. You haven't had plumbing issues at home. (laughs) You know, anything can happen, but we are still blessed. We still should be thankful because it's someone that's worse off than you. Got it. And Um, from working in healthcare, I've seen 
the worst. So I, when you come home, I say, kiss your children because there was someone, you know, who may have expired and that mother lost her children. So you have to be really thankful. Yeah, I think illness is a good way to kind of put things in perspective. And it's, it's sad that it takes that realization for a lot of people that, man, I really should have been grateful. Um, there's one entrepreneur that I listen to. His name's Gary Vaynerchuk. And it's kind of a morbid thought, but he talks about what if something happened to my family? That is the most important thing in life. At the end of the day, you got bills and stuff you got to pay and do this and that. But, you know, family that that really puts things into perspective. Yeah, and I also tell people all the time, too, um, we have bills all the time, every month, and you're really never going to pay off your light bill. It's not like a bill you're going to pay off. Yep. It's best to plan a vacation. You need that. You need the different scenery, and, and that's just important to me. I love to travel, and, and we go somewhere every year, but it just it makes it refreshing gotcha. to back to your day-to-day activities. And I love how you said as well that you guys take time as a couple, just the two of you, because everybody has kids and they focus so hard on the kids, but you guys were there before the kids. Right. Your your relationship was there. So many people lose sight of that. Yeah. And and that's important because you got to think your kids are going to go away to college and it's just the two of you. So if you're distant between each other and you haven't worked on your marriage, then what are you going to do? You're older then, so you really want to enjoy each other. Yeah, people forget. People really, really forget that. It's like you almost have to, when the kids do go to school, you almost have to relearn how to interact with each other sometimes. Right. And then you too, you need to make sure, like you say, people focus so much on the children. What are you, what do you love about yourself? Like I enjoy writing. So that's why I started writing my books. I'm going to write another one. My daughter's 13. She's the youngest. So you got to think in five years, she's going to be like, bye. You know, you don't want to be so smothered underneath them and they don't need to be smothered under you, even though we live in a cruel world now, but you have to, you know, teach them the right thing, pray that they're going to do the right thing and, and, and let them I call it spreading your wings. (laughs) No, I love it. Yeah. I love it. Uh, What was, as you're going to write this book, Mm -hmm. what were some of the obstacles and challenges that you had to overcome? Was there any big road bumps that you kind of hit along the way? Um, I think the biggest thing for me was reliving the situations in my first marriage, reliving my childhood of things that I really didn't want to remember. And then some things I couldn't remember because I believe that we, we block a lot of things that, that was bad. Um, so those things was challenging for me, but now that the book is complete, I feel that it's a sense of healing, a sense of, uh, I can really put that behind me because now I'm sharing my story. And I say all the time, that's what inspired me to read more was reading self-help books. Um, and that helped me. So they shared their short story, which helped me. And I'm sharing my story to help someone else. I love it. So as a kid, when did you, at what age did you kind of realize, okay, something's really, really wrong here? Did this, was this, you know, since birth, you just kind of were raised in that household like that? Or did this happen later on? I was raised in that household, but when I turned 13, um, my father left the house. But I remember, and this is in my book, I remember walking home from school with my friends. I could always see my house so, you know, not that far 
from my um, from my school. And he was sitting in the car and I could see the headlights on. And the closer I got to the house, he pulled off. And when I got inside, the house was totally different. This is a 13 year old coming home. So he's usually home when I got out of school and the house was different. His things were gone. So I immediately picked up the phone and called my mom. You know, his stuff is gone, whatever. She was calm. My mother has always been a nurturing person, very patient, very nurturing. And she told me she would be home shortly. So that's when I knew then this is not right. This is not normal. This is not what you see on TV. This is not what I see at my friend's house or my cousins or anything of that nature. I think as a kid, you see all of your friends and you, uh, and, and I was guilty of this too growing up. I see all my friends. I thought they had the perfect family, right? I thought they didn't have any problems and this and that. I think a lot of young kids today think that, Oh my God, this is so weird that my family is like that. But to tell you the truth, every Mm -hmm. family has problems. Yes, and, and, and and it's perfectly normal. You don't mm-hmm. need to have this cookie cutter family. Oh. And yes. actually, actually, you probably are a much stronger woman and you probably learned a lot going through all that versus having that cookie cutter life. Am I right? Yes, I am. I can really say that it's very true. Yeah. <laughs> and and I, it's making me stronger by talking about it. When I used to didn't say anything, I was like, oh, I don't want nobody to know that. But now it's like, why not talk about it? Yeah, I think you take some of the power away from those bad experiences when you share this and you write books and you and you do that. Yes, yes, definitely. Definitely. I love that. I love that. So what are some lessons that you learned from your mother? So your parents split up, I take it at that point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What are, uh, did you go live with your mother then? I'll stay, yes, I stayed with my mother. I'll, yeah, she continued to raise me. Okay. Yeah, what are some lessons you kind of learned through her, uh, you know, dealing with that as a single mom? Uh, one is self-care. That's why I think I put so many emphasis on the self-care of doing things with family. Um, another thing I learned is, while writing this book, is talk about it. I think my mother, if she, if we have more education now, uh, we are more open to things now versus how our past uh, generations are. If she had more family encouragement, if she, I don't know if she opened up about about it with her family or with her sisters or, or friends, but with, we always have that hush factor. And it was, you know, people wanted to be private. So that's something that I feel that we just need to share with family members or friends, health issues. Um, Share with your family and friends about self-care tips that you do that can help them. They may not have never thought about it, but especially health issues. We need to always tell each other what's going on. So it could go from generation to generation like hypertension. Um, That's something that you need to tell another family member that you have because it could be generations where you when you go to the doctor that's the first thing they ask you what is your family history yep i know i totally agree with that Mm -hmm. um so you went through you went through a marriage Mm -hmm. what are some things you learned from that first marriage that you took with you into your next relationship oh communication (laughs) 
Amen to that. Amen to that. Communication. Um, <laughs> and that, that needs to be a whole nother book by itself. But yeah, communication was the number one thing. We did not communicate. Um, he was 10 years older than I was. So I was in love with the fact of the material aspect of what marriage was. Now, I always tell people, get married to stay married. Don't get married just to, you know, get married for any reason. Do you know the difference between getting married to stay married or do you know that you're just getting married because you want to be married? Because you could be in love with the day of getting married versus how to stay married. Because everybody's gone after the party. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah. That's so accurate. Um, yeah, I, it's funny. I, I had, I was married to at one time, uh, mm-hmm. and you know, without getting into too much detail on that, I, I went through the exact same thing mm-hmm. and I promised myself that in my next relationship that I would, you know, learn from it. Cause you, you know, you got to take something away from those years and those experiences, yeah. but it's funny that you said communication. Cause that is the number one thing that yeah. I learned. And learning how to to because you're going to disagree. You're two two different people. You're going to disagree, but you have to learn to respect each other because it was our name calling in my first marriage. My husband and I now there, there's no name calling. There's no cursing because when you get to that level, you're going to the disrespect level, and when you get to the disrespect level, you're not going to respect each other. And you know words hurt, even though you may apologize, but if you keep doing it, you're really not sorry. Yeah. Um- that that's another thing respect is a huge thing when you lose i think when you lose respect for your partner at yeah. that point that's pretty irreparable damage you know yes. what i mean there i feel i just feel like at that point there's really no coming back from no that. coming back from that because you're going to remember even if it was 10 years later you're you're still going to remember it and if it made you feel a certain way it made you feel a certain way yeah, <laughs> yeah. no i yeah i couldn't agree more I, i'm glad you said that um, so spiritual health, you mentioned spiritual health as well. Um, you know, that's not something not a lot of people like to talk about publicly. Um, yeah. I do. I make it a point too, because I'm the same way. Uh, what have you learned through, um, you know, prayer and things like that? How does that help you on a daily basis? Um, I believe that what you pray for, you get <laughs> a lot of people don't feel that way, but it gives me a sense of peace. And when you have that sense of peace, that's when you're able to be positive. And we need that sense of peace, especially with everything that's going on in society. So you have to think I work in healthcare. I may come home, I see the news. So that's a lot of mental stress. So I need that prayer time for peace. I like that. I think at the end of the day, the overwhelming uh, message through it, no matter what religion you are, is kindness to somebody else leave leave the world a better place than you found it and Mm -hmm. i that's kind of the mantra that i tell myself over and over and over what am i doing Mm -hmm. on a daily basis to help people and that's kind of why we started this podcast was to have experts on like you to share Mm -hmm. your knowledge because people know so much and there's things you don't think about on a daily basis so yeah that's kind of how i you know me personally i've Right. As well. Yeah. And, and that's and, and it's needed. Um, but I think a lot of people when they see and I believe in energy, too. So if they see you have a positive energy, the more they'll come to you for for advice. 
um, they see you have a negative energy that's pushing people away. You have to be approachable. Yep. Yep. I think some people wear their emotions on their sleeve. We, we all got things going on. We're all, all stressed out. Um, and you know, we run these health clubs here in Chicago. When somebody walks through the door, I want this to be a place of, you know, to shut off all the outside world stuff that's going on and to be a positive uplifting thing. Uh, and you know, if you're like that in your day to day life, I mean, you're going to help yeah. so many people just by your energy. Yeah. Your energy. Yeah. Cause you know, they were like, Oh no, I don't want to. Cause you do it when you go to the grocery store, you'd be like, Oh no, I want to go to the other checkout. How did, so. how, how have you dealt with, um, negative people in your life? Cause I've had them in my life and it's a hard pill to swallow sometimes. You yeah, know, it's I love you. I, yeah. <laughs> I love you. I respect you. But listen, mm -hmm. I can't be around this draining thing. How have you kind of dealt with that? Um, I'll use family because I keep them at a distance. <laughs> <laughs> so when it's Thanksgiving dinner, you go to Thanksgiving dinner. But my husband and I have that eye connection where, okay, it's time to go to the car. <laughs> so <laughs> you have, that's why I keep saying, you know, we have to make best friends to get that partnership going. Because when it's time to go, I don't care if it's his family or mine. So we're like, ah, okay. <laughs> No. <laughs> oh yeah i love that yeah so it's one of those things where yeah we love you we respect you you know mm -hmm. we'll kind of be there for you but yeah yeah enough is enough sometimes yeah that's right because <laughs> that would make that would that would drain you it, it would really drain you oh definitely um so you went through these childhood issues in your life mm -hmm. how do you in your own family how do you coach and give tips to your children to help them deal with the emotions of being a teenager going through these things? How, what are you kind of doing to help them with that? Oh, well, like I said about my daughter with the aff affirmations, um, I also keep her busy. She has to do two after school or extracurriculum activities. I think extra extracurriculum activities build you, builds your self-esteem. It can make it makes you positive. It, it makes you want to be a team player and a go-getter. So those are things that I do because, you know, with the social networking and social media can take over. Um, it can be draining. And if she's not busy, then most likely she's going to be on the phone. <laughs> so that's what's my biggest thing is she has to, she has to stay busy. Gotcha. Yeah. There's so many bullies on social media and it's, it's tough because kids take this stuff to heart that they yeah. hear, yeah. you know, they try to be creative and post something on mm -hmm. social media and you have people that literally just live to tear other people down. Right. That's right. And that's and that's why I keep her busy. So, you know, if you're in school eight hours and then you're taking some a class for two hours, once or twice a week with homework and all that, you're busy. Yeah. No, that's good. <laughs> How many kids? Do you, you have one kid, two kids? No, I have a 25 year old, a 19 year old and a 13 year old. Wow. So all different age ranges. Yes. <laughs> yes. Wow. Yes. So you've been through it all so far. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you can kind of spot it now you know you're like ah, oh, okay yeah <laughs> yeah that's good i think my mom uh i'm from a family of three too i'm the oldest so i think my mom by this last one she was like okay i know how this goes <laughs> yeah you know how it goes we just you can tell you know how to but you i always tell people you raise your children based on their personality they all don't need the same thing because they're different people 
So some may need a little extra this. Some is more independent. So you know based on your personality. No, that's good. And I like how you said extracurricular activities to getting in sports. I think in my life personally, I learned so much, uh, especially about compromise. You know, yes. when you're on a team and you, you, you know, we all want what's best for us. But at the end of the day, you got to learn to kind of sacrifice a little bit yeah. for, for other people. Mm-hmm. And, and I always tell my children, I always have them play an instrument. instrument. Um, you may not like this instrument. You may not want to do anything with it, but you experience it. So it's the experience. That's the part that I want them to, to go through. I love that. I love that. Because they're going to take these lessons with them, too, when they go get jobs in the future as well um Mm -hmm. you know we see in our industry there's a lot of people that come in just unprepared on how to interact with other people right how to pick up the phone and call somebody that's like a thing of the past now for some reason (laughs) don't call anybody (laughs) it's a text message mostly and it's and it's ridiculous like we have to educate people that come through our doors to, you know, be a part of our team sometimes mm-hmm. on how to communicate uh, verbally. Yeah. And that's just such a weird thing to me. Yeah, they, they do a text message or a group text. And it is weird because we used to always talk on the phone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's funny. Um, you know, I know some people here at, at our health clubs that they like, yeah, I literally had that my daughter and her friends over and they were sitting across the room texting each other. <laughs> it's like, yeah, they do. <laughs> it's funny, but that's what they do. So funny. Um, one other thing I wanted to get your point of view on is mm-hmm. um, tips on how to deal with anger. So I know like stress and anxiety and anger are all kind of tied into one thing. What mm-hmm. are some things that you do to kind of calm yourself down and, and deal with those issues? Um, one of the things that I do is, uh, I'll say like when you're, when you're having a disagreement with your, with your mate, um, it's a timeout part. If it's getting too intense, okay, let's take a timeout and come back to this. I, I think I do that with my children too, because I never want to say anything that I will regret. So I'll just back away from it. And we all respect each other that same way. That's so big. When you're in that heat of the moment, yeah. you say things that you don't mean. It's just that, that natural human reaction. Yes, it is. And I, and I think we genuinely put up this wall, too, of reason. Like, we, you can't reason with somebody when they're angry. No, you can't. You can't. Yeah, so that, that's such a good tip. You got to pull yourself away calm down and normally that takes about 25 30 minutes some people yeah um, or revisit it the next day if we have to revisit it the next day but the the key thing is to finding a solution to the problem i don't like to just throw it under the rug that we had a, a disagreement or i didn't like something my children did i think we need to find a solution to the the, the problem again that communication coming through yeah. yes Right. I think, yeah, it's really hard to put yourself in someone else's shoes in the middle of an argument. Mm -hmm. That's right. You can't have the right perspective. So taking a day or taking a few hours and stepping back, you're kind of able. And I learned this the hard way 
again, again through my previous relationships. You've got to put yourself in their shoes. So if it takes you walking away uh-huh. and calming down to do that, I think that's huge. And one thing I did learn, because um, I went to counseling after I had uh, got a divorce because I wanted to be a better person. And one thing they taught me is that when someone says to you how they feel in an argument, repeat it back to them what you heard, because you may not have interpreted the way that they they said it. You could say something, but that's not what you interpret that they said. And that's why I don't like text messaging during a serious conversation. (laughs) Yep. That's such a good point. I had a we had a relationship therapist on a couple of weeks ago and she mm-hmm. said the same thing. It's a technique called mirroring. Yes. So, yeah, let me let me make sure I'm understanding this correctly. It mm-hmm. hurts you when I do this. Right. Yes. Um, no, that's so true. And the, and yeah, the texting thing, you can mm-hmm. read a text in eight different meanings sometimes. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I have sure. I have friends who I always like think I'm like are they being that rude to me? (laughs) (laughs) It's just the way that they text. They don't know that they're doing it. Some people can text text in all caps and you're like, why are they yelling at me? Are they mad? So that's why I like to have a face-to-face conversation or a phone conversation. So you can really get the feel of what is really going on in the conversation. That's awesome. What are some other things that you kind of took away uh, from therapy? So you said you went after your last marriage, you, you then started going? Yes, I went after my last marriage um, because, one, I noticed that a lot of things that were going on in my I was mimicking a lot of arguing that I saw as a child. Two, I didn't want to go into a second marriage or second relationship, and I'm still angry about the last relationship. So it was all about bettering myself. And how am I going to better myself if I don't fix me. I want to be a better parent and I want to be, if I got married again, I'd be a better wife. So um, that is why I, I took went to therapy. Um, I think a lot of people fear therapy. I don't understand why, but it, it makes you better. It makes you more at peace with yourself. It gets you to know who you are because you're getting a non-biased opinion from someone who actually knows you. Gotcha. Yeah. I, I commend you for doing that because a lot of people get real stubborn and they, they get this thing. Well, Oh no, it wasn't me. It was just the other person. Yeah. And yeah. And I even, I would date during that time, but I gave myself a five year break um, because I wanted to regroup. I wanted to uh, purchase another home. I wanted to finish school. So why would I jump back into another relationship? I wanted to fix my fix the things that I felt that I could be better at. So when you get when I got married again, what am I bringing to the table? Because we both need to bring things to the table for us to be uh, be better at life. I love that. And there's no people just think they got to live by society's timeline or Mm -hmm. I always need to be in a relationship. And I need to find somebody. And that's not the case. It's perfectly okay to just kind of work on you. I think you have to be content being by yourself first Mm -hmm. before you can be with somebody else. And then, too, your children are watching you. If you have children, they're watching you. Children, um, I feel they get, they can feel your energy. They can feel the negativity. So how am I going to tell them, no, you do this, but I'm doing this? 
That's that, you know, that that term where they say you do as I say, not as I do. I love that though. They do, they do watch. And even so after my parents split up, we went to live with my grandparents for a while mm-hmm. on my mother's side. And I watched how at the time they had been married for 30 years. Mm-hmm. I watched them interact with each other in the love they still had 30 years later. And yeah. even though I was very young, I could mm-hmm. still understand what was going on there from an energy standpoint. Mm-hmm. And I've taken that with me into my relationships. Yeah. And it it helps. helps. Yeah. Right. It it does. Because children pay attention. Like my husband, mom, and dad, they've been together 50 years. So he he cherishes marriages (laughs) for him, but that's what he's seen. So, you know, like I said, you're coming from two different backgrounds and you're going to take something out of your childhood that you saw into your adulthood. I love that. I love that. Uh, what are some other things uh, that you kind of touch on in the book, some other topics? I mean, you don't have to go into great detail about them, but what are some things that you definitely want to get the message out to everybody on? Um, I talk about the hush factor. That's that's a big thing I talk about, um, how we don't want to talk about what's going on or we fear of being criticized. We fear... Um, what someone may say, how they may think of us, because on the outside, we, we, you know, we're dressed, we look professional, or we look like we have it all together. But when we go home behind closed doors, we don't. And we just, that's why I call that chapter the hush factor. Um, Something else I talk about is um, different, I I have different uh, websites you can go to about narcissism. So I talk about that. So people can take a test to make sure that they're not dealing with a narcissist person in their relationship. That's something that I went to, went through. Um, that person may have a sense of entitlement. It's hard to deal with someone like that. It's, it's hard to deal with someone who you can't even reason with. Um, I also talk about schizophrenia, the different things that, that happens you know, to diagnose it. Like I have different links for that too. So I have a lot of references in my book, but I also talk about what I went through personally. Excellent. Excellent. I I think schizophrenia is something again, too, that is not talked about there. There is a big lack of knowledge in the public about those issues. Um, And yeah, I think that's good that, you know, you bring that to light because this is, it's a common thing and more common than what people think mm-hmm. it is. Um, what's the biggest thing you learned from the schizophrenia side of things and how to kind of deal with that? Um, what I learned from that is, even though they have mental confusion, is that if they are taking their medication, most of the time they, they can be okay. It is a fact that more than uh, two thirds of Americans who live, who, who have mental illness, um, live in the community and they can live a productive life, but they have to be on medication. Got it. Interesting. Interesting. All right. So as we kind of wrap up the show here, I always like to ask people for two pieces of advice. So through everything you've been through, through writing your book, your personal experiences, what are two things that the listeners can do uh, to live a better, happier, more peaceful life? What would you recommend? Oh, one thing is um, 
your past is your past. Learn from it, grow from it. That's amazing. Um, two, number two is work every day towards your legacy. What will they say about you once you leave this earth? That's amazing. Uh, one of mine that I always go by too is legacy is greater than currency. So you yes. can you can have all the money in the bank, but at the end of the day, you can't take that with you when you go. I'd rather have 5,000 people at my funeral saying nice things about me yeah. versus five people who are like, yeah, he was an all right guy. Yeah, because even when I watched um, Aretha Franklin funeral, a lot of people had to say things about her. And even here locally, they said how she used to anonymous, anonymous, uh, make donations and they didn't know anything about it. That's very powerful because she didn't need for anyone to give her kudos for it. She just did it because she had the money and, and that's powerful. I love that. And again, at the end of the day, you remind yourself, okay, mm -hmm. I'm working towards my legacy. I think that makes all of your decision-making come from a good place. Yes. So at the end of the day, is this going to improve my legacy or is this going to improve just my short term? That's right. That's right. That's huge. Oh my God. Those are amazing points. I really, really like that. Um, anyway, so I want to thank you so much again for coming on the show and I want to commend you for the work that you're doing to get awareness, to bring awareness to this subject. And, uh, the world needs more people like you, honestly. Thank you. And thank you for having me. Of course. Of course. So as we wrap up here again, I want to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Eco Gym and team motivating you again, go on that purple podcast app on your phone, guys, hit the subscribe button, leave us a little review in, um, iTunes there. It really helps us in the rankings and Tamala, if people want to, um, find out more about your book or find out more about you, where can they go to do that? Oh yes. I have a website, www.tamalatod.com. Tamalatod.com. Go on there guys. She's got her bio on there. She's got her book on there. When does the book come out? When's the release date? The release date is October 13th is that's during the week of mental health awareness week, which is October 7th through October 13th. I love it. You guys go on her website, order this book. We need to bring more awareness to this subject. Awesome. Well, uh, thanks again. And, uh, you guys have a great week. <laughs>